0: we would do.
1: Yeah, I wanted to
2: see. (laughs) Hi, guys.
0: Hey,
1: everybody. (laughs)
2: Hey, welcome to the 13th floor. I'm Cece.
1: I'm Alex. I'm James.
2: And as I said a second ago, this is the 13th floor podcast um, where we talk about all things strange. And this week, we're talking about the Bermuda Triangle.
0: Which I'm kind of surprised it took us this long to get to it.
2: I was very surprised doing my research because... It tied a lot of things that we've already talked about together, but I'll get into that later on. You guys, it's been it's been a little longer since we recorded last. How have you guys pretty, been?
0: Pretty good. I guess, I guess the listeners wouldn't know that, though, because these are coming out every week.
2: Listen, just <laughs> tell me how you've been. Do you guys have any interesting stories, anything that our listeners might find interesting?
0: Yeah. Besides that, James met his 50-year-old self.
1: <laughs>
2: James, <laughs> James, please share.
1: Yeah, uh, I uh, went to Lawrenceburg yesterday, and I went to this wonderful store that everyone in the vicinity of, of Lawrenceburg should check out called Antiques, Uniques, and Metaphysics. And it's run by um, Dawn and Pam Giles, and... He happens to be the professor of comparative religion and several philosophy courses at Bellarmine, and they just have a lot of really cool stuff and just an absolute plethora of bizarre uh, trinkets and goodies. So anybody who's into the paranormal <laughs> should give it a, a shot.
2: Okay. Yeah. We'll go on.
0: Well, that's it.
1: Well,
2: oh, that's it? Yeah, no, I thought you were going to talk about it. how you met your, 50, your 50-year-old yeah. self.
1: Uh, well, it was just really neat, like the commonalities like we both started meditating when we were four, and it was just it was just really bizarre it's it's hard to actually put in words how interesting the conversation was and how interesting uh his entire backstory was fascinating stuff
2: okay, cool, and this is in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky
1: that is correct
2: yes, okay, well, thank you for sharing James Alex, do you have an icebreaker for us
0: uh are you gonna tell us if there's anything new with you?
2: There's nothing new with me i've got listen, I've got an eighteen month old who is teething,
0: oh. um
2: so I'm tired. I'm just sleepy
0: perpetually sleepy
2: perpetually sleepy yeah. she She hit a growth spurt this weekend, so it's been like I want to eat everything I get my hands on and I want to just run across the world uh, so
1: that's been me too, but I'm not growing
2: <laughs> <laughs> at least not that you can tell James yeah. you might be growing. <laughs> Mentally, there we go. Expanding your mind.
1: Yeah. Speaking of growth, uh, Spice molted. She's bigger.
0: Oh. Spice is James's tarantula spider. Tarantula. Yeah.
1: Yeah. One of one of several. But yeah.
2: How long Mm -hmm. does it take for a tarantula to molt?
1: It varies a lot. Mine are slower than most because I like it cold. So, like, she's been underground for like two months, maybe, and she's just little. She's. I think she just now hit the two inch mark.
2: So, she's just like, can you see her under underneath her little ground or?
1: No, no. She's completely invisible unless she wants to come out.
0: Has she ever attacked you?
1: No, but when she comes out, it's really cool. It's like the Kool-Aid man. It's like. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Well, awesome. maybe we'll post a picture of Spice on the 13th Floor Podcast Instagram.
1: Yeah. I got some pics for the Instagram of uh, actually uh, antiques, uniques, and metaphysics. So look Ooh. for it, everybody.
2: Yeah. All right. We got an icebreaker.
0: All right. So I was online trying to find one because I've been I've been told by Cece that asking favorite everything is uninteresting, which I can't <laughs> really argue with. I can't really make a good argument against it. So I found one that pretty much said, you know, if you could do one thing for a year or whatever, then what would you do? I'm changing it. If you could annihilate <laughs> one thing from this planet, <laughs> what yeah. would it be? I would annihilate all mustard. From
2: mustard. The world.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mustard. You just just give me a, a mustard field, and I will just listen. Drop listen. a nuke on it.
2: You realize that I bred some of our chicken tenders for dinner with Dijon mustard.
0: Well, guess you will have to find something new.
2: Okay. So <laughs> Alex's answer is mustard. Do you all really like mustard? No, I don't like it, but I'll eat stuff I love cooked into it. Oh, God. Yellow,
1: uh, yellow
0: mustard! Yellow yeah, mustard!
1: All mustard, especially spicy though. That's the best. Spicy mustard and pretzels. Oh,
0: James is a million delightful. An alien.
2: <laughs> <laughs> delightful. Uh,
0: I I can tell you all. There's nothing worse in the world than having. Well, there's actually there's one thing worse in the world than yellow mustard being on a sandwich when you're not expecting it. What a pickle!
2: I hate pickles. Pickles are James so
1: gross, pickles, I love pickles. I, I, see, for me, it's the opposite. Mayonnaise is what triggers me. Can't handle mayonnaise. Or or ranch or sour cream or any of that, any of that rotten I'm- milk sauce. <laughs> 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 I'm
2: so glad that I just, I, I had no idea you didn't like ranch, but we're kindred spirits, James, because I hate ranch, too. I
0: like uh. mayo on very specific things. I, I like, I like ranch sometimes. And what was no. the other one you hated? Uh, sour sour cream? cream. I like sour cream. I really? like sour cream on stuff.
2: Yeah. I, if I were to annihilate something, it would be mosquitoes.
0: Uh, <sighs> See, you're doing the world like a good.
2: Yeah, but <laughs> nobody needs mosquitoes. James, is there any good thing that a mosquito does?
1: Uh, really, they just provide food for some other animals. That's about it. And I'd and I'd say they would get by. <laughs> I don't yeah. think there's anything <laughs> that specializes in mosquitoes.
2: I stepped outside to prune some of our bushes because we. Uh, here's a story. We had some big ass rabbit sit in the middle of our flowers in front of our house. And so it was like all of our flowers were just like a big, like
0: <laughs> there's a huge indention in the middle of all of the flowers. And all the flowers the were front. just
2: dying. So wow. I had to like trim out or trim up our flowers out front. And I got bit by about 10 mosquitoes for being wow. outside for 10 freaking minutes.
0: They didn't bite me once.
2: Yeah, they didn't bite yeah, him they once. They don't
1: bite me, period. Like I, I get along with mosquitoes because they. it's like the – they don't want my blood. Ticks? Yeah. That's what I would You guys must of.
2: taste terrible. Ticks? Yeah. yeah. Ticks, that's a good answer.
0: Ticks are terrifying. Tics. Yeah. Oof.
2: I've only had one before and it was, I still have a mark on my leg from it.
0: Whew. Yeah. I think I still have one on mine too. But yeah. So I'm glad to see you all decided to get rid of something universally good. And I pick mustard.
2: Yeah. Mustard. Some people like <laughs> mustard.
0: Maybe I should have said something selfish. Yeah. <laughs> so we can all be on the same playing field
1: uh, oh man
2: all right do you guys have anything else you want to add to the <laughs> <laughs> annihilation conversation
0: well if i could annihilate pickles but then that means i would annihilate cucumbers, and I, like I, don't have cucumbers. A, I don't i don't have beef with cucumbers
1: yeah see i love both but i mean really pickles are way better a pickle is like a happy excited bird it's like the party cucumber like cucumbers are boring mm. pickles are exciting Pickles mm.
2: are just drunk cucumbers. Maybe they're fun like
1: a baseball bat <laughs> I feel like or... I can like see that on a T-shirt. Pickles are just drunk cucumbers. <laughs> Pickles are just drunk cucumbers. I guess
0: I should have phrased it instead of annihilate, like snap it out of existence, like Thanos.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. better.
0: So we could have had our uh, Marvel reference for the episode. Yeah, which we haven't. We kind of been slacking on so i'll try to pick that up
2: i don't really have any marvel references this episode i have a star wars reference i just
0: had a thing else reference so you don't have to worry about it
2: yeah you're good you got me there (laughs) um okay are you guys ready to dive head first into the bermuda triangle
0: no because i may never return yeah (laughs) may never return
2: (laughs) james is just gonna give us a a precursor just general information about what the bermuda triangle is just like where it is yeah Yeah. because
0: i don't think a lot of people I mean, obviously, Bermuda. People but know where it is. I don't know if everybody knows where, like, that it's so close to the U.S. Yeah.
2: James, I mean, tell us about it.
1: Sure. Yeah, the Bermuda Triangle, there's no, like, hard definition, really, for, like, the exact coordinates, but most people kind of put it as, you know, again, imagine, you know, a triangle, so you've got three points. One point is at Bermuda. One point is at Puerto Rico. And one point is at the very tip of Florida, which means most of the Caribbean is in the Bermuda Triangle. So there's that, you know, so if you, it's you, can, imagine, close. Yeah. So if you can imagine a huge chunk of the ocean, uh, I mean, really, it, just in terms of length, like one side goes from like Miami to South Carolina, except it's just further out, you know, again, Bermuda. And, and then the rest going all the way down to Puerto Rico, it's, it's a pretty good sized chunk of land or sea, I guess. Uh, And the, the real reason why it's, it's got so much attention in, in pop culture is things that fly through it and ships that sail uh, through it. uh, They often missteer, they often missteer, they often disappear. (laughs) And, uh, and generally speaking, the, the circumstances surrounding their disappearances are just rife with mystery. Like, uh, It would be one thing if it was like, oh, like the black box. They find the black box and it's just, oh, uh uh-oh, I I shouldn't have taken such a sharp turn. Guess we're crashing. That would make sense. But instead, there's usually no, yeah, there's usually no distress signals. They're just gone. And that that doesn't make a lot of sense. They just
2: disappear. And then nobody can find them.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm. Which means one of two things. They either have to disappear really, really quickly, so quickly that uh, whomever is is. Sending recordings is not actually alerted to it, or the circumstances around it are so bizarre that there's that actually interferes with the recording equipment, or uh, maybe they're they're hypnotized and they they crash on their own volition, so that's why they're not concerned in the slightest. It's very odd, and there's a million possible explanations ranging from supernatural to aliens to just pretty mundane.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know. That kind of leads into my topic, and mine are just a few stories about mysterious things that have happened yes. in the Bermuda Triangle, and I actually, and James, I'm sure you were aware, maybe you are, C listeners, maybe you've heard of these stories, but I didn't know any of these. Oh, cool. But they're very prolific, apparently, but, you know, I'm I'm, I'm pretty new to this Bermuda Triangle thing, so, mm-hmm. but did you know... That the first recorded incident not disappearance but it's an incident take a guess is someone you all would not not personally know with <laughs> someone you know from the history books oh, where's they... where the first recorded incident in the bermuda triangle
1: christopher oh columbus uh, that's what i was wondering
0: you've both you would both be correct yes huh. did you already know did you really know the cc i looked yeah, right. in
2: i I did research on the Bermuda Triangle just I hated that you you
0: acted like you knew about this. Uh, I was just
1: thinking, you know, Columbus landed in, like, the Caribbean. So I was thinking, well, if anybody saw anything weird in the Caribbean, it would have been him.
0: Yeah, and he did. Uh, He was, uh, what he spotted was a great flame of fire. And a lot of people seem to think that this was probably a meteor crashing into the sea. But then he also says that a couple of weeks later, a strange light appears in the distance while he's in the Bermuda Triangle. So he, I guess technically that's two incidents, unless yeah. that meteor's just sizzling for weeks. <laughs> him, floating on the top of the ocean somehow. But he also noted that he was getting erratic compass readings. Yes. Which is something that seems to be a common theory on a lot of these disappearances. But he apparently, in the Bermuda Triangle... True North and magnetic North are lined up that's I guess that's a common thing people some people believe, and it causes people's compasses to go haywire ah. and, and and some of these stories it seems to be a common thing that seems to happen there.
2: I've seen a lot of information about it
0: now is that true or not?
2: Well, I don't I've read some information that says it is true and then I've read some information that says at the time when Columbus was there that might have been true, but it's not necessarily true nowadays, but uh, I don't know how accurate that is or not.
0: Now... There's a lot of differing information online. Apparently, like, these magnetic readings are so problemsome that there's this guy named Joshua Slocum, and he was known to be the first guy to travel solo around the world. Uh Well, he decided to make a voyage from Martha's Vineyard to South America uh, in 1909, and guess where this guy who made it all the way around the world went missing? Bermuda Uh, Triangle. The
2: Bermuda Triangle.
0: Yep. So... There might be something to it, uh, seeing that someone who can make it all the way around the world just goes missing on a kind of a routine trip, comparably.
1: Hmm.
0: So these aren't even the weird stories. It's about to get crazy, y'all. Okay, so, I'm ready. Uh I found this chart on Wikipedia. I don't try I try not to get most of my data from there, but Wikipedia had this awesome chart laying out all these disappearances from since the eighteen hundreds. Uh, using that chart, I looked at things that happened in the same year, and then I also looked at the biggest ones. The hmm. biggest one, by far, in terms of disappearances, was this incident that occurred in 19, <clears throat> 1918, leading to the death of 309 people.
2: That's a lot of people.
0: Yep. Yeah. All at once. Have you all heard about this incident?
2: I don't it, think I've heard It's not of it. even
0: close. So, the vessel that this happened to was the USS Cyclops. And this is oh, back yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, during World War I. So much like the Cyclops in Homer's The Odyssey, this story also involves nobody. As in, <laughs> nobody came home. Oh, no, that's... Uh, <laughs> that's a good... Oh my gosh, it's a hundred years ago, people.
1: That on, was a go. very classy <laughs> joke, I gotta be honest.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. I thought it was good. I was being uh, uh The USS Cyclops, as the name implies, was a Navy vessel. And so during World War I, the vessel usually carried coal to other ships. So, and then those ships would pass on coal and just provide f- fuel for all around the world. Uh, in this particular trip, they carried many, many tons of manganese ore that they were going to be using for metal making. As the ship was sailing, it only ever transmitted one message back to shore. And it was one word. Red rum. No. No. Which everyone is now knows is famous for being in The Shining. I'm
1: kidding. <laughs> uh, I halfway believe it.
2: There, honestly, it was that. No way.
0: <laughs> so, okay, yeah, but that would have been spooky, right? What was the one yeah. word? <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay, so the actual message was "weather fair, all well." <laughs> okay, okay, but that was the last that anyone ever heard of the 309 person crew. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it was so hard to keep my face straightened from laughing. That. Yeah. Okay. The ship, uh, it was going out for a nine-day journey. So when it became clear that no more messages were coming and that it wasn't going to arrive, uh, the search began. And no one, nothing, no wreckage of this 309-person crew was ever found. Wow. Mm. Nothing. Not a life jacket. Nothing. So... They said that the people searching at the time said that it was the equivalent of, they thought it was like the sea had dragged everything down to its depths at yeah. like the Kraken. Because, I mean, no rescue ship, or not no rescue ships, but no uh, lifeboats. Yeah, no lifeboats, no nothing. I mean, you would think at least a jacket would be floating around, right? Yeah. So now with modern technology, they're still searching for it. No one's been able to find it. And the even weirder thing is that just about 30 years later, in 1941, two of its sister ships were along this, going along the same route, and both of them vanished. Two ships mm. vanished, taking another 119 lives. No traces of either one of those either. Hmm. That's yeah. Where up. did it go? So some of the theories... Pertaining to especially the Cyclops, you know, monsters, aliens, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure you all probably get into some of that stuff. But they seem to think that maybe, and I didn't know this, there's a place called the Puerto Rico Trench in the Atlantic. I don't know Mm. if you all knew this. No. It's the deepest part of the Atlantic. Oh, okay. Interesting. And they said that it's possible maybe the ship just happened to sink in that perfect spot. And it's the Puerto Rico trench is so deep that we can't currently get to it.
1: I want to look this up.
0: But yeah, there's no 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 evidence of these three ships separated by I think I said 30, but about 23 years.
1: Yeah, that's a lot of coincidences.
0: Right? I mean, that's that's three military vessels going missing. Yeah.
1: And just <laughs> happen so, yeah. to, to fall in the same latitude, too. That's that's a little weird. Yeah. yeah.
0: Pretty crazy. Well, would you? Would you find out, see? It's
2: eighty six hundred kilometers deep,
0: yeah. which is a lot. Which I didn't know that that what that the deepest part of the Atlantic was so close to us. Oh, wait, I usually no, think of everything being out.
2: It's eighty six hundred meters.
0: Oh, okay. That's that's a bit different. it's <laughs> a bit different. It's a bit different. Yeah. Five
2: point three miles deep.
1: <laughs> is that all? So that's yeah, not, well, that's not that deep it's, to me, huh?
2: No, it's a. Uh,
0: is doing on-the-fly research yeah, right
2: now. I'm, well, I'm looking at something that was created for sixth graders. Wait, did you say it
1: was, <laughs> was 5,000
2: meters? Let me see. Let me see. Cece's
0: wanting
1: to double 8, check.
2: 8,600 meters.
1: I was about to say, okay, that makes more sense.
2: It's according to National Geographic.
0: Okay. So, you know, that's pretty wild, right? Very. This other story, it's, uh, it's smaller scale, much smaller scale. But it involves witchcraft
2: witchcraft
0: unfortunately there was no double double toil and trouble with this one this was the name of the vessel witchcraft
1: oh, that oh okay. is awesome okay.
0: <laughs> it was a 20 foot long cabin cruiser that was uh i almost said piloted Captain. what is it? captained Captain. Captained, steered captained by a man named dan burrick and he was there with a uh i guess it was a friend they called him father or something so i guess he was a Priest. Priest. Hmm. Um, but they went out off the, right off the coast of Miami. This is when I realized how close the Bermuda Triangle <laughs> really was. <laughs> so they only drove about a mile off of the coast of Miami because they wanted to go see the Christmas lights from afar. And so they were, they were going out there about 9 o'clock at night. And they were just going to enjoy. This was December 22nd. So they were out there try, going out to enjoy the lights. So Burak makes one transmission he calls the shore and he informs him that he thinks that he's hit something. Uh, but he he also states that there's no serious damage, but he's going to have to be towed back. So implying that he just damaged his motor. So in that time, the coast guard gets ready. They go out and they get to his position or where they think he would be in about 19 minutes. Uh, he also tells them that he's going to fire a flare to let them know his exact location. Huh. But That From what I guess they had talked to him about, they knew the relative idea. He never fired a flare. They got out there. No one's there. So they expand their search to eventually cover 1,200 square miles. Not a single trace of this boat's ever found. The weirdest part is that this boat was deemed unsinkable because...
2: I've heard that before.
0: Yeah, haven't we all?
2: Yeah. But this Mm -hmm. one...
0: This is a small, smaller personal vessel where it was built so that if a, uh, anything destroyed the hole, that it would automatically inflate and at least the hole would stay intact. Okay. So the ship's easy to find. They get something to grab onto if, if the rest of the ship is done. But nothing's ever found, just like this next story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I, I guess another detail about Dan, so we don't think he just kind of ran off where he was an amateur. There were thunderstorms that night, and so people thought maybe that contributed. But he had he was well known uh, to have a lot of experience being on boats and yachts, and he was also known to be very cautious. So he's not someone that would have like ridden out into this small storm. It wasn't a big one; it was just a really small storm. Which people thought may have sank his boat, but a lot of people, still, there would be debris. Yeah. Anything.
2: That little inflatable hull.
0: Not a single life jacket.
1: Mm-hmm. Weird. Poor guy.
0: Yeah. So, this other one is the is an uh, aircraft, because I had forgotten the aircraft <laughs> were things CC reminded me. And I was like, oh yeah, all the planes that go missing. But this one's really, really odd. And this is kind of goes back to the navigational things we were talking about with the uh, compasses. Magnetic
2: north compasses. Is it compass or compass?
0: Uh, I always say compass.
2: You just said compass.
0: I said compass? You said it a lot. Well, huh? you listeners <laughs> can tell me what I've really been saying. I have no idea.
2: Right, go on.
0: But it is, it's one of those words when I see it, I'm like, I'm going to say it right. <laughs> and now I've been saying it two different ways, apparently. Okay, so... This is uh, back in, all right, so this is back in 1945.
2: 1945.
0: Back in 1945, there's a carrier called the U.S. Navy Avenger. There we go. There's our Marvel (laughs) reference. (laughs) Comprising of Flight 19 took off from Fort Lauderdale Air Station in Florida. And they had this three-hour mission where they were going to go out, fly out, drop some bombs, and fly back. They were going to make a triangle. Mm. But apparently, originally they're going to make a square. It ended up being a triangle, or that was what it had turned into. So, what these five plane these five <laughs> planes go out, and they're constantly transmitting. And some of the transmissions come through, and they start talking about how their navigation's not working.
2: Their compasses were all over the this place. This
0: guy who is he's been piloting these planes for about oh you know a couple hundred hours. These specific planes. He's been doing for about sixty hours, so he had had plenty of experience flying, and he's leading a squadron, five planes. And transmissions start coming through, and it becomes clear that he's lost. They've dropped the last bombs, and they don't know where they are. He's <laughs> run this mission before,
2: and he's like at a, a a base, telling them what to do.
0: No, no, no. This guy, he he's in the plane. Oh, okay, he's leading. He's a commander, I guess. I, I'm not sure about military ranks and planes, so don't <laughs> don't mess it. Don't at me. But no, so no. he's leading the planes, and they start heading back west to try to find land so they can land. And there's transmissions going through, and one of the last transmissions is, or I guess the last transmission is, all right. When one of when one of us runs out of fuel, we all get out, implying that whenever someone runs out of fuel. They were all going to bail out of their planes and stick together. Now, yeah. what's weird is they were all completely fueled. They should have had plenty of time to make it back. But they all ran out of fuel. They got lost on this routine mission they've all done before. And then they have to bail out of their planes. Well, their planes are never found. And they're never found. So, mm. this is 13 people that die.
2: They just disappear. Gone.
0: That's not even the weirdest part. Sounds so it get weirder. A rescue plane goes out with 14 people on it. Guess what doesn't come back?
2: Where did it go? Where did they all go?
0: God. Yeah. So, here we are with a total of 17, oh no, sorry, 27 people missing. 5 planes plus a rescue plane all gone.
2: I think that this is the case where I saw somebody said it sounded like they had just <coughs> flown to Mars.
0: Yeah, so, you know, it's <laughs> it's insane that This many planes can go missing. Everybody got lost. Now, there's not a whole lot of information on the second plane, comparatively. But it does... It seems like it's the same thing. Just lost lost in the ocean. Right now, fuel, gone. mm
2: -hmm. No
0: trace of any of them.
2: And what year was that?
0: 1945.
2: 1945. Hmm. Well, I wonder what the explanation could be.
0: Well, here's what they kind of say is naval officials they claim that the six aircraft and the 27 men were not found because stormy weather destroyed the evidence
2: well even if it was storming you'd still be able to find some pieces right yeah
0: you would think something would float right yeah well that's all that's where they left it okay well so
2: and that's like that's just a couple of stories right there are no, a lot that's more. just a
0: couple uh there's many many stories there's some I think those are the weirdest ones just because of how many how many vehicles or people have gone missing with no explanation yeah. of race at all. It's just really bizarre.
2: Yeah, it's really weird. Just that one little area. Well, actually, as I'm about to tell you in a minute, there's actually another area where similar things happen in the world.
0: Mm-hmm. Really?
2: Yeah. So, I guess, are you are you finished?
0: I'm done. I'm done. That's okay.
2: Nice. I'm going to talk about some stranger paranormal explanations for things that are happening to these ships and planes. And have you guys ever heard of Charles Berlitz?
1: No.
2: Well, you guys have heard of him. I just don't think you realize it. He (laughs) was a language professor who helped create language learning courses that you may have heard of. But he was also deeply fascinated in all things paranormal, which is why I'm talking about him right now. He penned a book titled The Bermuda Triangle. (laughs) Ooh. <laughs> Which is actually where I got most of my information from. There's a website, projectavalon.net, that had a PDF version of Berlitz's The Bermuda Triangle book. I think it was the 1984 version, if I can remember correctly. But that's where I got a lot of my information. I got it f- straight from the horse's book. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. So in his book.
0: I want to read a book by a horse.
2: Well, he's got one. <laughs> So in his book, he talks about various explanations for all the strange phenomena that happens in the Bermuda Triangle, and I'll be covering some of those topics. So are you guys ready? I am. I got a lot of my information from his book. I also got some from livescience.com, history.com, and britannica.com. Okay. So I am going to get the one theory that I understood the least out of the way first, just because it involved a ton of in-depth physics, and geographical jargon. Hmm. So if I say something that doesn't seem accurate, don't get your panties in a bundle. Don't at me, as Alex says. So here we go. The first explanation, according to Berlitz, time portals slash dimensional rifts. Oh, wow. Yeah. In his book, Berlitz outlines um, some theories that the Bermuda Triangle might have been Or might have a time-space warp that can either A, allow ships and planes to just fly into another dimension, or B, allow other entities to enter our dimension and then just straight up snarf planes and ships right out of the sky and out of the ocean. Hmm. So alien entities. Okay. And I'm going to talk more about aliens in a little while because Burlitz has a lot to say about aliens. So, okay. Dimensional rifts, time portals, all that stuff. As I said a second ago, there is another Bermuda Triangle-esque uh, area in the world. And it is southeast of Japan between Iwo Jima and Marcus Island.
0: Hmm. There, hmm. That's
2: a little. That's an area where a lot of ships and planes go missing also.
0: Now, I'm not sure, but James, maybe you know. Is that over by the Ring of Fire, or am I not even close?
1: Uh, I actually, yeah, I think it does overlap. And actually, I think it's not very far. This is kind of interesting. I don't know if you'll cover this, CeCe. You know, some people claim that Atlantis is in the, the Bermuda Triangle area. Well, there is a there's an ancient civilization called Mu, a fictional civilization like Atlantis or whatever, uh, and it's pretty close to the Eastern Triangle. So it's kind of weird that two like mythical kingdoms happen lands. to overlap. Yeah. Mythical lands happen to overlap uh, both of those triangles. Huh.
2: Yeah, I didn't know about Mu, but yeah. I will talk about Atlantis in a minute. But yeah. I didn't know that cow people. <laughs> um, but Berlitz wrote that lots of ships and planes have disappeared there too but some people think that these areas might have quote unquote anti-gravity warps
0: mm. you logical know.
2: yeah logical it makes sense uh, and these are places where the laws of physics just don't seem to apply
0: hmm. I guess if you had dim- I don't know if that has to do with the dimensional rift but I guess that would apply to that too mm. yeah mm.
2: Well, Berlitz cites an author named Ralph Barker who wrote a book called Great Mysteries of the Air. And in his book, he talks about how there's quote-unquote evidence of anti-gravitational particles of matter, which I couldn't find anything really on. I didn't really dig that deep because I just – you guys, this stuff made my head spin. But he says – Barker says that these might contribute to electronic and magnetic failures for the planes and boats. Hmm. And one thing that I read was that they think that there's, like, this really, like, the magnetic forces in these little triangles, these areas, are so strong that it could possibly just pull a ship straight from.
0: Just straight down.
2: Just straight down, which
0: maybe Mm. that's what
2: happened with the Cyclops.
0: Could be. I just don't know where that debris went. Yeah, I don't know. I think the dimensional rift makes more sense in terms of the Cyclops. Yeah, to be honest, I agree.
2: Well, that's about as far as I'm going to go into dimensions and (laughs) time-space stuff. One cool thing that I do want to mention is that Bertlitz does talk a little bit about the Philadelphia Experiment, which we did discuss in one of our previous episodes. Uh. I can't remember if it was time travel or wash your brain.
1: It was wash your brain.
2: Yeah, wash your brain. But there were some similarities between everything that's happening in the Bermuda Triangle and the Philadelphia Experiment.
0: Could you remind people what the Philadelphia experiment is just James, quickly?
2: James, remind everybody what the Philadelphia experiment is. Uh,
0: let's see. You do it
2: more concisely than me.
0: Yeah, that's the trick is being
1: concise. Let's see. Uh, well, there was this uh, USS naval carrier called the Philadelphia, and they were doing an experiment on it in order to try and make it invisible. And uh, the thing just faded out of existence, basically. Uh, it, it didn't make sense. It didn't conform to physics at all. Uh, none of it really added up. Oh, well, wait a minute. Was the ship actually called the Philadelphia? I think it was the USS. Let's see. USS Eldridge.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. What if their experiments on this caused the Bermuda Triangle? Ooh. Except for, you know, it Columbus saw it first before that happened. So well, again, well,
1: again <laughs> a lot of people think it opened a rift in time. So it's totally possible. Columbus did see it.
0: Oh, <laughs> what if Columbus saw the Philadelphia experiment? That would be weird. Yeah. yeah.
1: So,
2: thank you, James, for that refresher. And the Philadelphia experiment is an episode that we're probably going to do in the future.
1: Hands down. Go in depth.
2: Yeah. But, anyways, there might be some odd multi dimensional shiznit going on in the Bermuda Triangle. So, that's time portals and dimensional rifts. Another possible explanation for all of these disappearances in the Bermuda Triangle Atlantis (laughs) and sea monsters. Oh. Kind of tied together, okay?
0: Okay. I want to know how Atlantis. I get the sea monsters.
2: Well, I, you know, when I was, somebody said Atlantis, I'm like, what would, like, you know. a
0: Some fishmen do?
2: No, no not even some fishmen. Just like, you know, a civilization that was swept under the water and just completely destroyed. How could that possibly do anything? And uh-huh. There were a couple of theories that okay. I thought were. Interesting, but I still don't believe in. But anyways.
0: I'm excited to do an Atlantis episode, by the way. I know. Me too.
2: (laughs) I honestly, researching for this, I ended up going on a tangent where I just looked into Atlantis for probably three hours. So (laughs) I'm looking forward to that episode. Okay. So Burlitz makes the argument that we don't really know what's living in the ocean's deepest waters, which, yeah, I I mean, that's true. Um, But he suggests that it's possible that Atlantis might still be up and running, y'all.
0: Okay, okay. I'm I'm, I'm on board.
2: Yeah, he talks about a guy named Ivan Sanderson who wrote a book called Invisible Residence. And he theorizes that it's very possible that when evolution was taking place and our ancestors first crawled out of the ocean onto land Mm -hmm. like millions of years ago, maybe some of our ancestors stayed behind in the sea. And they kind of evolved from there, mm-hmm. and he suggests that maybe they had like a jump start on you know
0: technology, technology and,
2: and everything because they didn't have to learn how to walk on land. They just knew how to swim. They knew how to you know do whatever it is underneath huh. the water. I never,
0: uh, I always assumed Atlantis was like a a human sapien.
1: civilization, yeah, exactly, yeah, a human
0: it's, civilization that like fell into the water or something. I never thought about it being just always that way, kind of. Yeah,
2: yeah. Huh. I, I thought that that was a very interesting idea. Yeah.
0: Huh. That's a new, that's a completely new line of thinking. <laughs> yeah, for
1: all goes of this goes goes totally against the original story by like what was it? Who was it? Plato or Plato? Yeah, I think it's
2: Plato or Aristotle. One yeah, of those it was guys. One of yeah. But, but yeah, I thought that that was really interesting to think about. Like, what if it's still going on? But he also says, you know, it's probably not going on according to Plato slash Aristotle, whoever wrote the story. But you know their technology was so advanced it's possible that they might have some technology down there that's deep underneath the ocean that when these planes and ships go by they kind of swirl up the technology and then it just turns on
1: so sea people
0: uh, uh, engine uh, uh, failure <laughs> okay so th- their their technology causes this possibly okay. he says this is
2: v- probably very unlikely which i mean i can't argue I You know, it might have been – he might have sourced somebody else for that. Read the book. It's a good book. Also, he, um, he thinks that these civilizations may be to blame for all the sea monster folklore. So, um, mm. it's not monsters at all. It's just the uh, Atlanteans flying out of the water to observe humans, which they might perceive as a possible threat
0: if they do still exist. Hmm. But all the stories are giant monsters. But, of course, there's also – a tendency to exaggerate, I guess.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, also, if if you did have an ancient civilization and you were not human beings, and human beings started encroaching on it, it it would make sense to like come up with something to scare the scare the maritime monkeys away. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I like that maritime monkeys. <laughs> now, like, well, if you think about it, from their perspective, like maybe we see them as aliens, but maybe they see us as aliens.
1: Yeah.
0: I can see that. You would have think they would have dropped like the equivalent of a nuke on us by now for They're... Hurt damaging their world.
1: Yeah,
2: I don't know. <laughs> on the topic of Atlantis, though, have you guys ever heard of Bimini Road? No. Or is it Bimini?
1: Uh, Bimini, 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 Bimini Cricket. <laughs> I think it's Bimini Road, and yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think it's Bimini Road. So Bimini Road is an underwater rock formation located just off the coast of the island of North Bimini. And it's a whole bunch of giant rectangular limestone blocks that appear to be laid out. And some believe it's a road that leads to Atlantis hmm. or led to Atlantis at one point. But the Bimini Road was discovered in 1968, but its existence was predicted by an American mystic prophet named Edgar Case in 1938. Did you guys hear about this?
1: No, no that's new to me.
2: Yeah, I read on allthat'sinteresting.com, and I didn't get to, to fact check this, but... Uh, They report that Case said of the road, quote, a portion of the temples may yet be discovered under the slime of ages and seawater near Bimini.
0: Mm, That's a little too specific. (laughs)
2: What the heck? (laughs) He was an ardent believer in Atlantis and apparently made lots of predictions about Atlantis and its people. But carbon dating seems to suggest that the limestone blocks of Bimini Road occurred naturally. um, So who
1: knows? That's what I've always heard, but still weird,
2: yeah, the well, it's weird if you like look at the pictures, it's kind of like in a fish a fish hook shape, which is strange hmm. but uh besides the the most widely accepted atlantis theory is that if it really existed, it is the or is now the Greek island of Santorini,
0: right yeah, yeah, I yeah heard that's that. kind of what I heard,
2: yeah, but you know if there's more than one ancient civilization who's not to say that Atlantis is somewhere and Moo is
1: somewhere. Yeah, back to Moo. There's a there's sort of a Bimini Road around Moo too, and it's called the Yonaguni Monument. So kind of weird that there's another overlap
0: there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So the last paranormal explanation I'm going to talk about for the Bermuda Triangle, and this is the one that I just I found most interesting: aliens. (laughs) Aliens, our favorite thing to talk about here on the thirteenth floor. Um, UFOs are seen entering and leaving the ocean of the Bermuda Triangle all the time, you guys. At least according to Burlitz.
0: What if those aliens are actually Atlanteans?
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: That's
1: weird to think about. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's something to think about. But Burlitz had a lot to say about aliens in his book. And one thing that I found immensely fascinating is that he talks about the different types of alien ships that could be to blame for the plane and boat disappearances. And he basically says that based upon analysis of reported UFO sightings, there seem to be two different types of alien vessels. Okay. So there's a regular old flying saucer. Boring.
0: Yeah. The huh? typical one with like the half circles on each, yeah. the half spheres on each end yeah. and in the middle. Okay, Probably
2: piloted by a tiny crew of uh, alien visitors is oh. the way I like to think about it. He okay. didn't say that. I didn't put those <laughs> words in his mouth. It's the way I'm picturing it in my brain. And then there are the motherships Mm. that can carry multiple flying saucers inside. Independence Day. So think like Star Wars battle carrier, like Star Destroyer, transporting all the little fighter jets. Okay. Okay. But what I found really interesting is about this particular passage in Burlitz's book is that he describes the motherships as oblong or cigar shaped.
0: Ah. Much like
2: the Tic Tac alien ships I spoke about in our episode on alien encounters. Wow!
0: Yeah, <laughs> they've come back.
2: They've, uh, you guys, it's full circle. In his book, Burlitz talks about a guy named John Spencer who was an Air Force veteran who also wrote a book about the Bermuda Triangle called "Limbo of the
0: Lost." That's a good title. That is a good title. <laughs> That's a really good. That's title. It's a good
2: title. But Burlett says that Spencer attributes ships and planes being abducted by aliens in areas like the Bermuda Triangle because they want to avoid human contact. So they're going to go somewhere where not many people are. Mm-hmm. So they just, you know, come down, snarf a ship, and
0: then it's goodbye. I guess what better place to kidnap people than the ocean? Yeah. Makes sense.
2: Well, it's like James's theory. Like, why do we get all these UFO reportings in like, you know, the middle of nowhere yeah. kentucky is because they don't want to interact with humans they just want to get their job done and go
1: right. you know what i mean probe and go <laughs>
2: <laughs> well Burlitz then goes off on a little tangent and he attributes said tangent to spencer as well as some other unnamed investigators but whatever so spencer apparently thinks that aliens on other planets may have misused their technology and blown up civilizations and so they've come to Earth to study humans to see if we're getting close to destroying our own planet. Mm, and uh, possibly, they might possibly want to take a living relic of Earth to another place for preservation.
0: Oh, uh, he's like the collector. Yeah, he's like the collector. Marvel.
1: Yeah. You know, that's not an uncommon theory, though, because uh, UFO sightings absolutely skyrocketed once we entered the Atomic Age. I mean, absolutely yeah.
2: Well, that's that's one thing that he says is there. He thinks that aliens might be interested in seeing how we're advancing with our aircraft and spacecraft. Mm. Hmm. you know what's kind of close to the Bermuda Triangle.
0: Cape Kennedy. Oh. That's what you get for stealing my thunder earlier.
2: <laughs> he just read that off my page. I did. James.
0: Uh,
1: I was genuinely impressed.
0: <laughs> no. I'm sorry to have misled you, James. He's not
2: a Sterling student. Let's just continue. You should have known
0: better. Yeah, i really so, sure.
1: Oh, man.
2: So alien. Hey, hey.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: now, before I finish, you guys. hate to do this, but I just want to say that Berlitz has been heavily, heavily criticized for his series.
0: Okay. Researchers
2: say a lot of his information is inaccurate, and I don't think that he really dug too far into uh, more reasonable explanations that James will be talking about here in a minute for things that Uh. are going on in the Bermuda Triangle. Um, He didn't really focus on those things because he's more interested in aliens and time rifts and all that fun stuff.
0: Yeah, the fun stuff. Yeah, the fun
2: stuff to think about. And a man named Larry, I don't know how to say his last name. Let yeah, me say that out.
0: Larry Cooch. Cooch.
2: <laughs> he actually accused Burlitz of fabricating stories and evidence. Ah. So I hate to throw shadow upon everything that I just spoke upon because it's really fun to talk about. It's really fun to think about. Oh. But, you know, there are probably more probable explanations for things that may be happening. In areas like hmm. the Bermuda Triangle and the Devil's Sea, that's what the uh, the or the
0: Devil's Triangle too.
2: The Devil's Triangle is the Bermuda Triangle, but the the one near Japan is called the Devil's Sea. Oh, I didn't mention that earlier, but I'm mentioning it now. But yeah, so just take everything that I said with a grain of salt.
0: Mm. I think people had really taken you serious on all.
2: <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, if you stop and of course, I,
0: how could he be right about everything? That would mean there's sea monsters, spaceships. Atlanteans. What else? Magic.
2: Magic. Something. <laughs> well, we all I, know
0: the, and the witchcraft is out and there. And you
2: guys, this <laughs> is one really interesting thing that I read in the the Burles' book, but he mentions Hollow Earth, you guys.
1: Uh, well, you know, I was thinking of that the whole time because I was thinking, you know, if you had a an Atlantic base or a UFO base or whatever, under the ocean makes sense, but under. The crust, which is under the ocean, makes even more sense. The The ocean under the ocean.
0: Yeah. So I saw the new Godzilla movie, everybody. Uh, and They have got a little bit of hollow earth going on in that. Uh, Just a little bit, but it's pretty cool. <laughs>
2: Alex gives it four. Gives it five stars. Go and see it.
0: Uh, I, give, I give it four, four and a half. I got to see yeah. it.
2: <laughs> yeah, you'll go see it, James. I believe in you.
0: Something our listeners don't know is I'm an enormous Godzilla fan. Yeah. So, but uh, is that is that it, Cece?
2: That's it. I'm done. All I'm right. done, James. I'm handing the torch to you now. Please okay. tell us about modern theories on what's modern happening theory. in the Bermuda Triangle. I okay. completely
0: forgot. Well, what doing. I knew
2: what he was talking about.
1: <laughs> well, let's start with something a little more uh, wonky, a little more out there. Um, okay. The Bermuda Triangle happens to be in the Sargasso Sea. Have either of you ever heard about the Sargasso Sea? No. No. Okay, I know that technically you have Alex, even though you may not recall. In a lot of fiction, a lot of fiction, anytime something weird happens at sea, it's always the Sargasso Sea. It's all—it's just this mysterious ocean, and it's called that by the way because of the Sargasso genus of seaweed that is just everywhere. Uh, case in point, Alex, ghosts of the Sargasso season 1 episode of the venture brothers where you got that oh. uh, yeah yeah major tom the the screaming zombie <laughs> guy and yes. uh the first zombie movie white zombie took place in the sargasso sea there's the sargasso ogre the first episode of johnny quest the lizard men are in at the sargasso sea like just I- anytime you're reading a story and something like ghost pirates or something show up it's in the sargasso sea and these stories they predate a lot of the the disappearances so I'm inclined to think that even well before the whole Bermuda Triangle, well before Christopher Columbus, a lot of this whole stay away from that part of the ocean, stay away from that particular gyre, stay away from the Sargasso Sea, that's been around a long time. That might, that might have been around way before uh, any of the records that we currently have. So that's weird. And it's also one of the vile vortexes yeah that Ooh, this this, that? Is, this that is
0: sounds eight, right
1: yeah this is uh they're also called devil's graveyards and Ooh, yeah yeah like there happened to be, that yeah there happen to be 12 in the world and it's it's pretty pseudoscientific but it's just you know somebody happened to notice Ivan T. Sanderson he was like you know there's really 12 places where all this weird crap happens and you know people attribute to the ley lines which is a whole other episode like magical energy and just a whole bunch of other weird stuff, but here are the, the 12. There's the Bermuda Triangle, it's the first ones, what people think of. And then you've got the megaliths of North Africa. You've got uh, the Mohenjo Daro, the, in, an Indus Valley city in Pakistan. The Devil Sea in, in Japan, which is where Moo is. See, here we go again yes. with that. Yes. You've got the Hamakulia Volcano in Hawaii, the South Atlantic Anomaly in Rio de Janeiro, well, east of Rio, Uh, you've got the Great Zimbabwe Mines. See, not all of these are at sea. You've got the Wharton Basin, the Loyalty Islands, the Easter Island Megaliths, the, you know, the big old Moai heads, the North Pole and the South Pole. And that's where weird crap happens. And some people think it's magnetism. Some people think that these are like weak spots in the Earth's magnetosphere, and which would make a lot of sense since one of each is on the poles. But uh, Mm -hmm. other than that, there's not a lot of evidence for it. It's just one of those things that somebody came up with and it just so happens to fit a lot of the patterns that people picked up on Mm -hmm. the more Hmm. logical explanations. There's there's five and I'm going to, I'm going to rank them from most plausible or least plausible rather to most plausible. The least plausible in my opinion, it it goes right up there with swamp gas is human error. (laughs) It's like, Okay, I could understand. That's a lot of human error. That's Exactly. That's my issue with that. It's like, well, I mean, you know, some people are stubborn and some people are foolish and people take risks. Sure, that is 100% true. But when people take risks, usually like we get like a clip of it on YouTube of them being stupid. In this case, we don't have anything. We don't, Like you said a few times, Alex, not a single floating um, uh, life jacket, nothing. That I I find implausible. Just because one person may have done something dumb doesn't mean that many people have done something dumb. So that doesn't add up to me. Uh, The other explanation is the the whole magnetic element. Magnetic variations, messing with compasses, messing with people's ability to uh, uh, navigate. Now that sounds Mm -hmm. a lot more plausible at first. Like, well, sure, you know, uh, if, if there's some sort of anomaly taking place, Navigation, that's very important. But here's the thing that bothers me about that. If you were sailing a ship and you were saying that the weather was good and everything was fine and then you just (laughs) blip out of existence, that's not a navigation problem. Uh, That that doesn't make, that doesn't account for everything is what I'm saying. It it would be like, imagine if 12,000 people in LA went missing at once and somebody said, well, I mean, it could just be drugs. Like, no, no, that wouldn't explain it. <laughs> it. That's kind of my issue with the compass variation theory. That does not explain why there's no wreckage found. And that when, whenever these people do end up uh, in trouble, in, they, don't, they don't comment on it. They don't say anything is wrong. That doesn't make sense. If their navigation equipment was what was failing and that's what was causing them to crash or vanish, you would think every single one of these reports would involve, uh, uh, come in, do you copy? We're having trouble navigating. We don't Uh-oh. That's what would happen. That would be the last thing you hear. Instead, it's always like, yeah, the weather's fair. We're doing fine. Talk to you later. And then they're just gone forever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> most of them do end up that way. Yeah.
1: Another explanation is that the uh, the Gulf Stream is responsible. So you've got uh, this massive Gulf Stream that circulates between uh, the Gulf of Mexico and Straits of Florida into the North Atlantic. And uh, it's it's one way to look at it is, you know, think about being swept away by like massive currents, like a white whitewater, right, what's it called? White water rafting? Like, you, you yeah, know, think about that. Rafting. Well, imagine a river made of air. So the sky, you're moving through it in a plane, and then you end up in just this absolutely fast you know, gush of, of air, just a big stream of air that goes, yeah, a current of air. That's a good way of phrasing it. And that would explain the aircraft. Absolutely. You know, I can see that being the case. The problem is one you, I mean, because it would be fast. It it means that the communications wouldn't be, uh, uh, it would happen so quickly. They wouldn't have a distress signal. They wouldn't comment like, Hey, something's wrong. I can see that being the case. My problem with that, why is so many boats going missing, especially very large ones? The Gulf Stream is, is pretty high up in terms of uh, altitude, so it shouldn't have an effect on boats like that. If it did, right. boats would take advantage of it the same way planes do. So yeah, huh. it't yeah, you guys knew, do know that, right? that planes take advantage of the Gulf Stream. That's one thing I've noticed. I do like, now. like, yeah. If 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 you're flying in the direction of the Gulf Stream, a lot of times the pilot will brag about it. It's like we're going to get there about 25 minutes early, everybody, because uh, we're taking advantage <laughs> of that Gulf Stream. And then it sucks because then you go the opposite direction, and it's like, yeah, we're going to get
0: there exactly when we're going to get there.
1: <laughs> so you know, it's it's like a, a little expressway in some respects. So it's kind of neat.
0: Well, I don't know if this is one of your things, but I have people think. Say that maybe it's rogue waves.
1: Ah, now that's an interesting Uh, one.
0: And but uh, I'm like, I'm like, that's gonna take out these military. Exactly. Now, I mean,
1: theoretically, rogue waves can get that big. They they can become massive. But uh, that's another one, though. If a rogue wave took out uh, a craft like that, there would be. Debris. Debris. Lots of debris. It wouldn't be one of those things where it just sinks all at once in a nice little clean fashion. So yeah, rogue waves could be responsible, but it's very unlikely. And that kind of goes hand in hand with violent weather in general. You know, you got hurricanes, you got downdrafts, which downdrafts makes a lot of sense. That is one of those things that can just pull in a, uh, a ship, pull in a plane, can just, you know... Absolutely get rid of anything and get rid of it real quick. So it would actually explain the lack of debris. Um, For example, like, let's say you're flying over the Bermuda Triangle and there's just this downburst. And by the way, downbursts are what happens when air gets super cool. So it just drops really quick because, you know, cold air uh, falls and hot air rises. I think everybody knows that at this point. That's why the upstairs in a home Uh is usually warmer when you got the heat running. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. That kind of drop can cause both a plane or a ship to just get pulled under. So it makes sense. I can see that being the case. But to me, the most logical explanation, and it's, it's a little bit, uh, even with this, I'm, I'm honestly more inclined to believe that it's flipping aliens, but uh, methane hydrates that's that's one possibility you see in the continental what? shelves, yeah, I know, I know it sounds like super weird, it's like it sounds like a drug or something you you're into some methane hydrates, man um but <laughs> there are there are continental shelves on on the surface of the ocean floor, and there are massive, massive wells of methane, right, so c h four you know the stuff that mm-hmm. most farts are made of uh <laughs> Um, sometimes these build up down there and it causes just these massive eruptions or as scientists call them earth parts. No, just kidding. I just made that up. But, (laughs) but what can end up happening is you end up with just these huge eruptions in the ocean that they can go insanely high, like so high that a low flying plane or a big ship can just get pulled under. Like think about like uh, when you were a kid playing in a swimming pool or a bathtub and you would take your hand and you would push it up almost to the surface and then you'd lower it really quick. And then that rubber ducky would just get pulled under. That's kind of sort of what methylene hydrates do to ships and planes. And we know that because we have actually seen stuff like that happen. So there's recordings of that taking place and not to mention the fact that yeah, exactly. And the Blake Ridge area Huge, huge wells of methane. But here's the problem with that. Uh, The people who have been studying this most extensively is is known as the USGS, also known as the United States Geological Survey. Maybe you've heard of them. And they they say that there hasn't been any big releases in that area for a good 15,000 years. So So it's been a while. Been a while, makes it a little unlikely. So yeah, I I was covering the more skeptical, the more modern, the more scientific explanations. They make some degree of sense, but honestly, every single one of them has a hole. Every single one of them has enough of a hole that flipping dimensional rifts seem just as plausible at this point. (laughs) Flipping Atlanteans abducting sailors for for Snoo Snoo seems just as likely. I'll be right back. I'm, I'm going to get me a boat
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, that's what I was running into a lot of when I was looking at my stuff. It's like nobody knows. Nobody, nobody knows. knows. Well, knows. Yeah. the
2: thing that I read in this this one author, the author who uh spoke about burlitz By the way, this is a quote from him uh about burlitz He said if burlitz were to report that a boat were red the chance of it being some other color is almost a certainty. So,
1: <laughs> that's oh, <man>. <laughs> Larry, Larry. It's a little bit I of a bias coach. there.
2: Oh. Yeah. But yeah, he, I feel like I remember reading that he said that these disappearances weren't really all that mysterious and that there's a, so many other more logical explanations like bad weather, like a lot of these things happening during bad weather. But at the same time, it's like you would still find debris. You'd still be able to find, you know, these missing people. But there are like, what, 300, 400 Three, missing people yeah. just in two incidents alone.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a little much for Earth farts and uh, uh, jet streams.
0: Yeah, th- this is one of those topics where I really am like, there's got to be something else a little weird going on. Mm. Now, is it Atlanteans? Probably not. But I don't know if everything we know can explain it. That's for mm, sure. I don't know.
2: Atlantis has kind of got me stumped because I don't want to believe that it's, you know, paranormal stuff. That it's just something that's natural. But those aliens, man.
1: Yeah. Aquaman's a documentary.
0: <laughs>
2: I'd be okay with that. What do
0: you all think? I mean, I guess you all made your cases pretty clear. But okay. So.
2: You know, when I was a child, it was my personal goal to find Atlantis.
0: No. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I don't. I don't think I'm going to do it. As I was you guys. say, have
0: you taken any steps to achieve this goal?
2: Um, I read about it for three hours the other night. You're so. pretty
0: bad at swimming as that's, well. I can't swim. <laughs>
1: it's true. You know that's a weird coincidence though, because honestly, like since I was a, a teenager, I wanted to go to Santorini because I was obsessed with uh, the idea of Atlantis. I was obsessed with it because, like, reading about Socrates's like descriptions of it, I was like. That's this is I mean, when you're OCD it's like that's the perfect city it's like three concentric circles and the way everything's arranged I'm like
0: oh man that that's the best city i want to move there <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: santorini let's go
0: yeah yeah summer yeah. 2020 this is this is one of those topics i don't know
2: yeah, yeah I, I don't, don't really know. know i really don't have an, have any idea yeah so yeah okay guys well does anybody else have anything to add to the bermuda triangle no,
0: I'm surprised there's not more movies about it. Agreed. It's it's
1: it's a little suspicious, isn't it?
0: Yeah, you can make all kinds of horror movies out of it. I mean you could do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Maybe
2: someone doesn't want us to know about what's I mean going
0: I know about. there's some out there. I don't I don't know if, if you know James, but there's a movie called Ghost Ship. I've only Ghost seen the Ship. beginning of it.
1: Oh god, I, I think I actually blocked that out. I saw it and it was bad.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know if it's good or bad. I'm sure it's awful, but I didn't know if they went to the Bermuda it Triangle or not. It was
1: traumatically bad. It was so bad that I actually, I can literally only remember one scene. I must have just like, like, oh my gosh, it was bad.
2: You know, every time I think of the Bermuda Triangle, I think of the episode of Rocco's Modern Life. I Which love one? that episode. There's an episode where they go on a cruise.
0: They go to the Bermuda Triangle.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the Bermuda Shorts Triangle. It's starting to come back right. to me. Oh, man. We got to meet Rocco, Alex.
0: Yes, we did. That's right. I forgot all about that. Yeah. When was that? Uh, was I there? Was it Was that at Lexington? Yep, Cumberland? that's right.
2: Okay. Yeah, I wasn't uh, there. Yeah. Do you guys hear, <laughs> hear the noises?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. The we expensive face. Alex, if you say paper. that
2: one more time, I'm going to slap your face. It's going to
0: be in every podcast.
2: Pick one. All right. Alex, what does it say? What are we doing next week?
0: Artificial intelligence.
2: Ooh, artificial intelligence, James.
0: Okay. Ooh. I've been saying, you know, we had that.
2: We, <laughs> we got it. It's on here. I'm not
0: even sure how we can go into this one. This is like a future topic.
2: What do you mean?
1: What do you mean, a future
0: topic? <laughs> like something that hasn't happened yet.
2: Yeah, well, that's people. I mean, Facebook is trying to create what you, AI right now. Was I to know, say,
0: nobody's died. AI totally exists, though. and well, it's, Yeah, it's, it exists. All kinds of people have tried it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's something to talk about.
0: Okay. We're All talking right. about some creepy. Oh, yeah, there's some pretty cool robots out there.
2: Now, look, now he's got it. He's got it. He's yeah. got some ideas on what he's going to record next time. All right, guys, is there anything you want to say before we before we head out? I have a couple things. Oh, go for it. Um, number 1, follow the 13th floor on Twitter at 13th floor pod or on Instagram at 13th floor podcast. You can email your stories. We want to hear Strange things that have happened to you. If you have met an Atlantean and you want to tell us about it, or if you survive the Bermuda Triangle, which a lot of people do, by the way, <laughs> people, yeah. people travel through the Bermuda Triangle all the time ah. and they're just fine. Yeah. If you survive the Bermuda Triangle, send us your stories. We want to hear them and you can email them to us at 13th floor podcast at gmail.com. Also, if you have any topics that you want to hear us talk about, send them to us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what about our music?
2: Our music is signaled by Grant Cook. You can find him on Amazon Music, Spotify. I, what, iTunes is gone now.
0: Is it just? Yeah, Apple supposedly. Mo- I what don't know. It? I guess the baby's Apple Music now. I don't know.
2: You can find him places. Just search Grant Cook Signal. You'll find him. He's wonderful. Mm. All right, guys. Well, until next time, keep, keep it, it strange.
0: strange.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bye.
1: the weather's fair we're doing fine talk to you later